Hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. We uh, are back, y'all. We are back. Did you miss us? It was a whole week off. Was it a terrible tragedy, or was it a nice relief? <laughs> I, I got emails. I got emails. I got I messages, missed. too. So I missed it. I missed doing it. And we're back with a huge show. Pride, Pride, Pride. Now we've got an update on the Reap lawsuit, then Pride marches, protests, ex-gays, vandalism, coming outs, lights, and a sweet little bag three, a bigot pastor, magnetic vaccines, terrible tweets, men in skirts, a trans Jesus play, and more. Oh, I just love that trans Jesus play. I knew what you would. That. I knew you would. Now, now tell everybody, you know, I was here. I don't have anything interesting to report. How was your adventure to Tejas? It was good. I just had such a good time. It was, you know, a couple of things that, first of all, just traveling and not feeling any kind of panic at all. Yes. Uh, yes. Had the mask on, but I was vaccinated. And the only thing is... There were no incidents on either one of my flights. I did no nobody got you know in a fist fight or no. That is disappointing because you would have come out with a great story, but the problem is you are not very good as a bystander in that situation. You'd have been involved. Oh, I would have jumped up. I would have been one of those that pulled that flight attendant off the pilot. I would have said, if they said any strong men, I go, well, I've had shoulder replacement, but I would love to be in the video. Um, I got to be honest. I have to admit that I know myself and I would have my phone out recording from a safe distance yelling things. <laughs> yes. But but here's here's I went really quick. I have so many amazing actors that I've been working with for a year and three months on Zoom. And we filmed so many great scenes for their reels. And it was just, um, it made my, it warmed my heart, as we said in the church back then. It warmed my heart that they were able to step in front of a camera with no fear and no, no nerves and just give great, great scenes, great, great performances. And I felt like, wow, what we've done and how we've suffered you know, doing these Zoom classes, it all paid off. It really translated to what we were doing. And then part two is I stayed with Patrick and Kevin, my good friends, and they have the most precious five-year-old twins, John and Susanna, who I, I love so dearly. And I just felt like, you know, Grandpa Dell. So uh, yes, there we are on the left playing Candyland. Um, and then we, we read the book, My Daddy's which we featured on this show the other day. And that, that picture was on my Instagram and one of the authors uh, actually thanked me for it. And there I am directing some uh, amazing actors, Lily and Kevin and uh, Trish in that scene. And it was just, it was just a, a beautiful, a beautiful uh, six days, Emerson. Oh, I love that so much. Well, you know, when I'm headed out in the morning for my turn uh, in Dallas to see my family, you know, it's been, I have not seen them since Christmas of 2019. It's definitely the longest period of my entire life. So it's my turn to hop on a plane in the morning and finally feel good and safe to go see them. I, I mean, to, yes. I have to say, if there's one thing that I think you're going to find is you do hug longer. Oh, that's already happening here. It's like I, you just can't stop hugging people that you love. It, it was. Oh, um, yeah. But I don't need to get on an airplane for that. I've been hugging people uncomfortably long every time I see them in Los Angeles. We had a little Baylor Theater reunion gathering last weekend, and I held my friend, Kelsey, and I said, oh, nope, nope, just go with it. Just go with it. It's going to get weird, and then we'll get through it. <laughs> I it's, love it's like everybody feels that way. You know, I everybody's doing it. Kelsey. She's fantastic. Yeah, but it feels like everybody's feeling, right? It's like, yeah. you know, I don't think we're alone. I think so. I think yeah. so. The rest of y'all are y'all are y'all hugging longer. Um, yeah, I'd say any excuse, you know, and just touch, just some good old appropriate consent field touch. But yeah, it does feel yeah. like because it we should feel like people talked about. Oh, maybe we're not going to go back to shaking hands and doing you know those things that we used to do where you just spread germs to everybody. But I don't know. I feel like people you know and are good with, we're touching more. 
Well, I was, I was at the airport when um, I went through that, you know, that uh, that door that makes you that goes beeps and it beeps. Sometimes I thought, well, is it my uh, is it my shoulder? And then I thought, I'm not going to tell him. I just want to be touched. I just want him to pat me down. Please, but hoping, I, hoping I, and praying. But you know, you, when you say that, when you say, please pat me down and and be thorough, it throws them off. They, they're they just not prepared for that. Oh, yeah. No, it gets they look at you. Oh, you're one of the weird ones. Move along. But look, Jim said hugging longer, Leanne hugging longer. But I love summers. Don't hug me pre or post virus. Oh, OK, summer. That's fine. We all have our boundaries. And um, I just hugged Jim Levesque in Dallas and he did some amazing acting work. So uh, yay, Jim. Well, this weekend was also what would have been our pride weekend, you know, um, and so we had a nice little gathering just with our friends, Chris and Ashley and Craig, and just did our own pride. I dressed for it today. Well, let's see. We got now, some... while he's running around, what you can't see is this is a crop top. Oh! <laughs> you look like one of those trashy girls I grew up with. Well, that would make sense because I definitely bought it at a Forever 21 a couple of years ago in the, in the teen ladies section. <gasps> and Gracie Louise is wearing her pride today. Uh, Oh, it's quite the spectacle here at the in West. Now, are those from the Caroline Shores Etsy store? They are. They are from Caroline's Joy. Still um, available at Caroline's Joy. But I went over there to his hotel, you know, the shitty bathroom situation earlier, and the three girls all in their pride outfits. And I want to share with you all, I decided that it was like a pride parade where Bitsy May is the grand marshal. Gracie Louise is definitely up front with the dykes on bikes. And then sweet little Sissy Marie is a go-go boy, just sort of happy to be there and shaking her ass a little bit. She's already go-going. Uh-huh. She's doing it. <laughs> and she has some bad teeth like those at the corner pocket in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, you know, look, we all we all have our crosses to carry up that hill to Golgotha. But, and with the pride, the other thing that was great, you know, this weekend, Kamala Harris and Doug Emhoff went out and joined the... DC Capitol March for a little bit, which makes her the first ever sitting vice president uh, to march in a pride march or parade, uh, which was kind of exciting. I was uh, interested. It was interesting to me that you know there is so much, and that with that that uh, you know Jill and and, and President Biden's uh, first lady and the President Biden's uh, wonderful pride message to us all. But I was a little surprised that Joe Biden had not marched, but that she's the first VP because he was so, um, you know, LGBT yeah. rights when he was in the, in the white house as, as yeah. a big driver. I know. And I wanted to say, I love that they put out that message, but also I would like our president to start harassing the Senate about that equality act. That would be uh, more useful uh, than, you know, a lovely message of support that we know that we have. Thank you. Thank you. Look, at a certain point, like we elected you because you said you could work with people and make things happen. It's time to make those things happen. Mm -hmm. That's about oh, it's so. And then, and then in New York, you know, we talked last year about the Black Trans Liberation March that happened in Brooklyn. Thousands and thousands of people uh, that showed up. Hold on, I'm looking for this. Um, that was really, really amazing uh, last year. Well, this weekend. They did Trans Liberation NYC, the second action uh, for trans lives, specifically because of the flood we have seen of anti-trans legislation. All of the speakers at the event were trans young people under the age of 25 who were impacted. It started with speeches and marched through Brooklyn. And in our big conversation about Pride, it was very interesting that they did this with no permits, no sponsors, no police protection. And it was very in line with like the original protest spirit of Pride and just flooded the streets. So even that, the pandemic, that gown is fabulous that, yeah. that she was wearing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So, and really, but an impressive reminder that, that we can make pride uh, what we want it to be. Um, and they out there doing their things. Yeah. Look at you. It's what? just nice to see your face in our little show. I will tell you all to see you in person today. I would just, we loved it. We lasted about here. This is, this did happen. Uh -huh. it, yeah, it's gonna happen to you. You think, oh, gonna, you know, what? You go from one place to another. It is equally hot here as it is in Texas, y'all. I got off on that Burbank, whatever that thing is, that tarmac, and uh -huh. I was like, holy shit! 
I just left Texas and it's hot here. It's very hot. So Emerson and I lasted like two minutes up on the roof of this hotel today. <laughs> so that was it. Say, so look, this was a lovely idea, but I like the air conditioning. Uh, well, y'all, it really is lovely to be back. We really do love doing this. Uh, and so we'll get on into the LGBTQ news and nonsense and the pride extravaganza stories. Now, I want to kick off. We talked about we've talked about REAP, the Religious Exemption Accountability Project. We had their director, Paul Southwick, join us. You might have seen last week was a really big week in related to their lawsuit. A reminder, you know, that they filed on behalf of 33 students at 25 religious colleges in 18 states. Last week, a frustrating thing happened, and I want to explain. The Biden administration, Department of Justice, submitted a brief in the case forcefully saying in federal court that they will defend these Christian schools' religious freedom to discriminate. So this is the administration supporting the government policy as it currently exists. Now that sucks. On its face, it sucks. Paul put out a statement saying, what this means is that the government is now aligning itself with anti-LGBTQ hate in order to vigorously defend an exemption that everyone knows causes severe harm to LGBTQ students using taxpayer money. It will make our case harder if the federal government plans to vigorously defend it like they have indicated. Now, at the same time, REAP last week was having people open submit letters to the Department of Justice about this. When I saw it, they had like 72 letters. I made a TikTok about it, posted it on Instagram, and we got up over 500 letters. So thanks to everybody who wrote one. But then one of my favorite uh, Supreme Court commentariats from our community talked about why what the Department of Justice is frustrating to reap and the case, but why it might ultimately be beneficial. Now, follow me for a minute. In May, the Council of Christian Colleges and Universities submitted a brief to be a part of this case, they said the Department of Justice wouldn't provide a good defense and might be openly hostile to their cause. So they wanted to join the case on the government side and take it over. So the Department of Justice said, no, we don't want them to take it over. We can defend this all on our own. This is an important point because the CCCU makes a far more reaching argument declaring that they want it to establish that the Title IX exemption that they use now is not only lawful, but constitutionally required. That is much further than the current interpretation. And if the court sided with them with this very conservative Supreme Court could, it would turbocharge the existing exemption. So weirdly, one of the best ways to stop them may be the Department of Justice defending it really well and then us supporting Reap and Paul and these students to win. Mm. Did that make sense? I know it was a lot, but I've been really deep in this because we really care about it. But do we follow? Like, frustrating, but maybe good because it stops the extremists from getting involved in the case. Right. Follow? Yes. Yes. And most importantly, we want to keep supporting REAP. uh, And they are doing a big donation, trying to get to $10,000 this Pride Month. So if you've got some extra coins, donate to the REAP.org. I had people write letters because, you know, my coins are tight. So so frustrating progress, certainly frustrating for Paul and his team, but maybe ultimately not the worst thing. I hope that made sense. I tried to condense it. You did well. well. I'm proud of you. Well, you know, Um, I try. I try. Oh, yeah. Pride Month, I'm proud of you. Um, Well, there was an ex-gay freedom march, y'all, and it was just pitiful. Did y'all ever say that? Did your grandma say, well, she's just pitiful. Oh, absolutely. She's just pitiful. Did you see her? It's one of the worst insults my grandmother could use for somebody. Looks like her hair, it looks like the cat's been chewing on it. Anyway, a week ago, the ex-gay group charged movement uh, had a freedom march in Washington, D.C. to give a voice to former L- former. LGBTQ individuals, because y'all, they're just healed. They're all healed. Uh, mm-hmm. Who want to celebrate freedom in Christ. Um, now, uh, Elizabeth Wanning, uh, who's the co-founder of the Change uh, Movement, said, we are Christians with LGBTQ in our past. Many, like us, have changed. We left LGBTQ because we wanted to. Uh, I don't know if that's the way she speaks. I'm just like channeling what I think. That seems appropriate. They're supposedly meeting with lawmakers to oppose the Equality Act. Uh, 
seems like they're, we, they don't need help with that right now. And uh, they oppose any ban on conversion therapy. Bring it on, Conver conversion therapy. Ooh. Uh, their website says LGBT people should have the right to the counseling of one's choosing. And uh, they should be free to allow religious convictions away from LGBTQ identity. Well, here's what's so funny about this, or I don't know if it's funny. It's not oh, funny. Oh, it's definitely it's funny. funny. It's very funny. About 16 people showed up. Uh, it was just, it was pitiful, y'all. So in the video you're about to see, it's just a few people standing awkwardly, a few dancing to some horrible Christian praise music, and uh, like a rock song or something. Anyway, roll that tape. Are we going to roll the This is the entire Freedom March. Eight people doing crazy worship. There's more photographers than attendees. There's a few more. Let's be on. There's a few more. There's five people. I mean, y'all. Oh, is that screeching voice? It sounded like Jim Jordan took the mic. I mean, it certainly brought back a lot of trauma of that like earnest praise and worship. Yes, Lord, I see you, Lord. Lord, we gather in your spirit today. I mean, this is when my crop top's more appropriate. Lord, just surround us with your love. Yeah, oh, we're just bouncing in the spirit. Y'all, I don't know. You. you know, everybody, if you if you hate yourself so much that you're going to try this shit, you could do it. I don't, I mean, I... I, I feel badly because you, if you, you read so many stories about this and if you go back to, you know, Exodus International and all of these these organizations that are defunct now because it does not work. And I was doing an interview without Cincinnati today and they said, is there any advice that you could give young young youngsters that grew up like you in the church? And I said, you know what, that that, that I just I. That, that line that I wrote in, in A Very Sorted Wedding, you question the creation, that's you. You question the creator. If you believe in that creator, this is beautiful. This is who you were created to be. And, you know, shine brightly. This is who we are. And, and, and also, it makes me sad. I mean, I, I'm being silly about it, but it does make me sad that I know that these people are never, in my, in my, in my head, they're not going to be happy because... Yeah. They are denying their authentic selves. And I was never happy until I was honest with who I was. And uh, and I think you can make a big difference by just being in this pride. Just be proud of this, this creation that you are. Well, and also, I feel bad for them. As an adult, you can choose to go through where you want. But where you lose my sympathy is when you were in Washington campaigning against the Equality Act. Like, you can lead your delusional life however you want to over there, but they are then also going further to say that the rest of us don't deserve equal treatment. So yeah. that's no longer your personal tragedy. Uh, that is impacting our next generation of youth, and so fuck all the way off. Yeah, they're, 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 they're hating on who they are. That's yeah. what they're doing. They're gay-hating well, gays. That's what they are. As Danielle says, I feel bad because there are so many who don't truly hate themselves, but they're told that they should and act accordingly. And that's very true. Yes. As well, and as I have said, as and as Erica pointed out, bless their bigoted hearts. You know, self-hate is a is a damaging, damaging thing. There's another person I hugged a little too long in Dallas was Erica. I could not believe we got a little emotional. I know, and Erica did her hair for pride. Yeah, and it's very red, and then it's just oh, she made the it whole rainbow. And Okay, this next story, it's not about pride, and it was we missed it by a little bit, but we just sure couldn't miss the opportunity to talk about this batshit bonkers woman. Hold on, I want to find her so I can put her up on the screen. Where'd she go? I have a problem oh, with this. I'm so glad you should. All right, y'all, you surely saw Sherry Tenpenny. Well, she's an anti-LGBT doctor and conspiracy theorist who testified before the Ohio State Legislature to ban making masks mandatory for customers, students, or employees. And her reasoning was, shall we say, a lot. She said, I'm sure you've seen the pictures all over the internet of people who have had these shots and now they're magnetized. Yes, magnetized. They can put a key on their forehead, it sticks. They can put spoons and forks all over them and they can stick because now we think that there's a metal piece to that. She wasn't done. She went on to say there's a connection to cell phone towers saying, 
there's been people who have long suspected that there's been some sort of an interface, yet to be divined interface, between what's being injected in these shots and all of the 5G towers. Y'all, so many stupid people got on board with this maybe being a thing that the actual CDC had to put out a statement saying that no, the vaccine will not make you magnetic. Uh, well, I just, I, well, I was gonna, you know, this is what, if you put a magnet and a magnet, uh -huh. what uh -huh. does it do? Well, they either push to, away from each other or pull towards each other, depending on the polarization. Well, this is a magnet and that I bought for Jim Levesque at the airport in Dallas. It's doing nothing. I just wanted to demonstrate there's nothing going on. I'm vaccinated. Well, I, I got a spoon out of the drawer right there, and I just got to say, that did yeah. not work. My straw. Oh, I, I'm at the injection site. Now, y'all, I have a magnetic personality. I've been told once or twice. Sometimes it's attractive. Sometimes it's repelling. But nonetheless, it's magnetic. I just got latte from Trader Joe's all over my face by doing straight. And as some, and as Todd pointed out, they aren't magnetized. They're just sticky, gross people. Like y'all, this stuff is sticking to people because you sweat a little bit and stuff sticks to your skin. I saw someone on the internet point out, didn't you ever fall asleep like drunk somewhere or whatever on the sofa and wake up with like, you know, 73 cents stuck to your face because you got a little sweaty? But I'm just so confused. She's a doctor and she's saying all this crap. <laughs> Can you imagine if you went to her for like regular checkup? I mean, really? It's just. It's She's so like, no metal. There's metal detectors before you walk in the office. You could kill somebody with a penny. All right. Well, Wait, hold on. I'm not done. Cell phone towers. The second piece of that. Them, oh. The cell phone towers. Like, we've all got shots and we're connected to the 5G. Maybe we won't need cell phones anymore. It's the sign of the beast. We're all going to be connected to the network. You know, Amazon's trying to make it so that all the echoes everywhere are connected, right? We're all just going to be caught up in the net. It's like there are certain people like with these professions. It's like that that real kind of manly one that was um, Trump's lawyer. What was her name? <laughs> she, I was like, oh, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney Powell. That she's one. Kind of bull, she's kind of manly. Yes, Sydney Powell. But I, uh, I was like, how are you a lawyer? How are you? How are you? <laughs> How did you, you don't seem educated to me. I know. Well, you know, it always goes to my thing. Like the, to be a lawyer, you have to pass the bar. There is a real test at the end. But to me, it's like the way I feel about driving. It's not okay that just everyone eventually gets to drive. You can take that test enough times and just good luck. I feel like driving tests, you should get like three chances. And if you fail three times, they're like, I'm so sorry, but driving is not for you. You're out. You're out. That's it. Good luck with your life. But driving is not one of your gifts. So, anyway, anyway. Are we good now to, to travel? Yes. Okay. Well, y'all, y'all, I, I I plugged it today on Twitter, and here we go. Life uh, Tabernacle Church Pastor Tony Spell in Louisiana. I think I'm going to go visit him when I'm down there. He made himself a little famous for refusing to respect COVID-19 restrictions and holding a big old Easter service because spiritual food is an essential service. Then one of his congregates died from COVID and he called it a lie. So recently he preached this sermon and y'all, here's what I, I watched the sermon and I, I want you to notice and I'm really trying to do this right because he, it says he screamed, but he didn't start with a scream. He built it. He goes, the world needs some to see some manly preachers. There's enough fag. Queer, skinny jeans, homo, effeminate, sissy preachers out there with makeup and mascara on their eyes for the camera. Isn't it about time that you sweat on your forehead? Isn't it about time you get some dirt under your nails and get some grease on your hands? Isn't it about time you get blood on your sword? Cursed be the man that keepeth his sword from blood. We need heroes in this hour. Heroes have calluses on their knees. Uh, we could continue, but let's just stop right there. The because sword and calluses on it. I have, I've been on my knees a lot, y'all, and I never got calluses. <laughs> I know, but what, you know what I'm taking from that? I'm a hero. 
He did not think that shit through. Heroes have callous knees. Y'all, I will show you right here. If you're watching, listening back later, sorry you can't. But right here on this knee, right here. Wait, let me get it. That is a sex scar. That is a scar. I chafed my knees once upon a time, and it is still there. So I'm according sorry. to Tony Spell, I too am a hero. I am swelling with pride. Swelling. <laughs> um, and, and who... Who amongst us have not had blood on our swords? I mean, now look, if you get blood on your sword and not something else, it's, it's time to take a break. <laughs> you got to have a really big sword. Woo, also, you know, look, there's lots of other kinds, you know, the heterosexual, for the heterosexuals in the crowd, I'm sure some of you've had blood on your sword. It's a part yeah. of life. Not, I'm not heterosexual, but I have when I was back back in the what, day. When oh, you were having that heterosexual sex. I was dipping into the heterosexual pool. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, y'all, I really want you, after this uh, show is over, to Google Tony Sm Spell and his homophobic rant because it is quite wonderful to watch because all these people are just running around like crazy people around him while he's preaching. They're like, they're like it's like bees swarming. Oh, are you going to play it? I'm going to try. Well, what I did, I got bored on Sunday. Blake was singing it with the gospel choir uh, at a pride thing. And so I did a lip sync. That bored you? What? No, I was home by myself. Oh, Blake was singing and I got bored. No, it's um, my favorite thing in the whole world, but I couldn't go. So I just sat here with nothing to do. Uh, so I made a lip sync to the pastor. So I had fun. I saw it. I saw that, but I couldn't hear it on this one. But that was that. Oh, was, you couldn't? Were you just watching me lip sync to nothing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, good. I, well, that was great. Was, but go to his Instagram and you can see it. Oh, good. So that was just thirty seconds of dead air. I'm so. Well, I was trying to say I can't hear it. <laughs> I said I can't because over here I was just listening just fine. Uh, well, it's a surprise. You can go to my TikTok or my Instagram and watch it there. I decided I'm going to try the TikTok with the children because you know I got time. Well, you 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 did it first, and then someone called you old, and you got all upset. Well, no, they they took down my TikTok. They said that, it that jockstrap mask tutorial. No, that's the one on Twitter that they called me an old white gay. Uh, that, I believe my favorite comment was Neil Patrick Seacrest. Um, but no, TikTok banned it for being against their community guidelines. Because there's a jockstrap on your face? I guess underwear. It wasn't appropriate. But I put up this lip sync over there, and I had to bleep out the word fag for them to be able to, you know, put it up. I said, you know, a real pastor preached this in a church, and we're making light of it. But this is still people, like, he is really at a church saying these things, and that is just bonkers. There are people in that church hearing that every single week. Yeah. And stand it. Uh all right, I'll move on to this next story. Um, you know, it's interesting as we get to Pride season, awareness and attention also brings negative attention. Uh, there's been a couple of instances. It sort of starts to happen everywhere. You know, that sort of pride flag vandalism. As we become more visible, there are reactionary people uh, that are upset by it. In Saskatoon, Canada, police arrested a 71-year-old man for an aggressive homophobic attack on a group of people painting a rainbow street crossing. In Boulder County, an elderly man ripped pride flags out of the ground after dozens were planted at a busy intersection. A Confederate flag was left in their place. They're not sure that he did that, but uh, they were replaced and stolen again. And in Sacramento, Reverend Matthew Woodward, dean of Trinity Cathedral, decorated his church for pride and then posted a charred remains of his flag. So, you know, it's always worth remembering those of us that live in some kind of uh, pink bubble, so to speak, uh, that there are places where visibility truly is dangerous and to take care of yourself. This is that old man at the street crossing, and this is the dean uh, with his burned flag. And so be careful, be conscious. We want to be pride, pride, proud of our pride, uh, but also be safe and being aware that there are many places where it is still not okay to be visibly LGBTQ, which is, of course, why we do it in the first place. I was just <laughs> Canadian, and it was very aggressive what he was doing, that old Canadian man. He looked like some old Southern bigot had, that had moved up there. On Reddit, they said he looked like Yosemite Sam. And like, sir, you're in your 70s. Don't you have a porch to sit on? That's my plan. I just like, just stop. Just stop. Your life is like, you know, winding down. Just, just yeah. calm. And so calm down. 
as your your life winds down. Just calm the fuck down. Yes. All right. Is it me? It sure is. Oh, I thought it said. I I, I thought it was a, a commercial time. Oh, I was trying. You are so right. I could. I, these stories went together, and that got changed. Look at you. We've reached the halfway house of our show, and if you enjoy what we do here, we do spend a good bit of time trying to create a balanced show of news and nonsense. And if you've got more money than you know what to do with and want to send us a tip, we would appreciate it. You can do that on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Thank you to Bob and Leanne and Rob who have already contributed today uh, during this missed time. We are very appreciative. Bob just in the chat room. Thank you, Bob, and all of you. Uh, Bob said it was 118 in Palm Springs and um i was about to be down there i, I had booked my place to, to i was going to stay down there instead of here but i'm glad i stay in here stay in here yeah we 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 do about uh, this this tipping thing uh you are not obligated absolutely not we you know that we get great pleasure out of this and we missed it terribly while we were gone but if you can thank you and uh we will put it to good use so uh we appreciate and and as always, you know, then if you can't tip, remember the other thing you can do is share us proudly with your friends. We have plateaued on our podcast listeners. Uh, oh, no. the same every episode. So tell a friend, tell a phone, tell a photo uh, that they should listen in as well. Absolutely. Or tell that, you know, tell that gossipy friend of yours that tells everyone. Uh -huh. uh -huh. uh, all right. Well, we have got some... Um, this is I love this story and 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 because uh, I love these girls, these teenagers in Alco, Tennessee. They painted a pride mural on a bridge where uh, graffiti is allowed. Now this woman pulled over. She's just boiling mad, and she told them to stop. And then she came back and and, and came back with, with a with some white spray paint and just started just aggressively spraying this white paint as she was said, I'm painting over it. I have just as much right as you. Actually, I have more damn right. Because you know why? I work. I pay taxes. I was born here. Well, one of the teenagers clapped back and said, well, we were born here too. Pretty sure my English is better than yours. And then she rants on, I'm sick of all y'all's shit. Y'all just constantly, it's constantly something. Always trying to stand out. Make a big freaking scene. If y'all just shut up, all you want to do is express, express, express. Why y'all like each other? You confused? And then one said, uh, yeah, this is my girlfriend. Oh, that did not go over well with her. They said after the video, she told them she's going to paint an American flag, which I continue to watch this. And they said, well, you didn't bring the right colors to do that. And she said they were being disrespectful. They, they, they clapped back and said, no, we were painting here where it is allowed and you are being disrespectful. These girls, calm, not having it. And uh, it had, the happy ending is this. The teams returned with friends. They painted the rainbow, the transgender, the bisexual and pansexual pride flags. Then the internet found the bigot woman and her name is, are y'all ready? Her name is Tabitha. Tabitha Dardo, Tabitha Dardo Travis of Maryville, Tennessee. I wonder if she's listed. Uh, anyway, she works at a hospital wellness center. So y'all, good luck, patients who have uh, Tabitha. I hope she doesn't get mad at you. Please, if you have a pride tattoo, do not go into Tabitha's wellness center. Uh, I mean, it's funny, but also that's real serious. Like this is somebody who works in healthcare. Imagine if somebody visibly, obviously queer, uh, or who needed trans assistance in healthcare came in. This woman, like, it's exhausting to be this level of bigot. I have never in my life cared about something enough to go home and go back. She, first of all, she couldn't even get the right colors. She got red, white, and gray to pa paint the flag. She like, went all the way back to do that. It's exhausting. At first, she's just going crazy with the white. She's just painting over the pretty colors with the white. We want our rainbow back. It's literally that. Yes. I, like, don't understand. Like, Tabitha, like, go home. Worry about your life. Worry about that job that you might lose from being a big old bigot. I wonder if she will. Well, if it pops back up in the news, but I'll just be honest, I don't really care about Tabitha's personal life. 
Uh, <laughs> Brent said, Tabitha's a witch with a B. I know, there's a witch named Tabitha in something. I keep thinking. Yeah, Tabitha, <laughs> that's Samantha's daughter, is Tabitha. That's what I thought, yes, yes. Yeah, Clint Black's uh, wife played Tabitha. What's her name? Lisa, Lisa something. Well, looking for Lisa. Was it Lisa? Was that I do not know or care. I think they're still married. Kent well, Black Well, that is something you sure could look up later on your own time. I know. Somebody looked that up. Erica. Moving <laughs> uh, <laughs> on to Pride Lights. But it's such a reminder, y'all. You know, this sort of, I love seeing young people just clap back and laugh in her face. But, you know, that's a situation that could become dangerous. And these two teens just out there. Well, we've had some lights problems around the country. Jacksonville, Florida put rainbow colored lights on the Acosta Bridge to celebrate Pride. Well, then the Florida Department of Transportation ordered them to stop. They said the lighting policy says they can refuse requests they deem offensive. And they said the rainbow lights were out of compliance with the existing permit. Well, the only problem with that is that people got in real quick and pointed out that uh, lights have been done for the 4th of July, Memorial Day, Autism Awareness Month. They even recently just made it orange and purple, the colors of Clemson University, where Trevor Lawrence, I'm assuming playing football, played when he was selected for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they put up a whole bunch of different colors just because for any reason. So after lots of pushback, the Department of Transportation is letting it go after conceding that other lighting displays went up that were not on the approved list. But it's a reminder that their impulse was to be bigoted. Just say, uh-uh, you can't put up that rainbow. <laughs> so we're letting it go. We're letting it go. Lisa Hartman. Well, because people tried to say that, oh, Ron DeSantis, you know, down there being as big a bigot as he can for his future presidential campaign. The city of Sarasota did it too. And their mayor was like, what the? And, you know, in, in mayor, mayoral language. So they kept their lights on. Good. Good. In other uh, Pride Light news, uh, uh -huh. this I love this story because I, I like it when you can bend the rules, break the rules by bending them. A man posted on Reddit that his HOA instituted a no flags except the U.S. of A flag policy. This was after Black Lives Matter, uh, the thin blue line and other flags had been put up. So after someone reported his pride flag that they had put up for the last five years, well, they found a way to work around that. He checked with the HOA and they noticed that removable lights are permitted without restriction. So he bought six colored lights and turned his house into a pride flag with light. And it's so much better. Y'all, that is so much better than just some measly flag out there. Good for you, sir. I, I loved it. And also, he was really nice about it. He said he didn't feel like it was discriminatory. They just made a look. We're not going to have flag fights in this neighborhood. So just none but the U.S. And he said, okay, fine. Uh, I can work around. And it's beautiful. Isn't that gorgeous? It's so tastefully done. You know, let's be honest. We have seen a few rainbow type things that didn't quite work. But that was just lovely and tasteful. You know, if, I, if my house hadn't been flooded by neighbor shit water, I think I'd do that to my house during Pride. Wait, please do. Uh-huh. <laughs> that shit slide. You know, look, we put up with a lot of shit with what we all go through. Over there, they're working on it. And I said, I was okay when I thought it was my own shit. But when I found it was the neighbor's shit water, I didn't like that. Now, uh, now, look, I can wade through my own shit. I've been doing it metaphorically for a long ass time, but I am not wading through the literal shit of my neighbors. I barely even know their names. Oh, I'm getting PTSD. Stop it. Let's stop it. It's you triggering. started it. You it's brought triggering it up. Me. I love that. It's triggering me. It's tri uh, trickling down, trickling on down. Uh, Rob asked, Dell, how's it going? When do you get the house back? They told me today 10 days, which means 15. That sounds right. Look, always take the contractor, you know, and add add a little padding. He said the 25th. I hope that's true. Okay, good. Well, considering continuing our pride and uh, community related, let's get into some terrible tweets for just a hot second. Lauren Boebert, bobblehead representative, took a break from supporting invasions of the Capitol to push some HIV stigma and anti-vax ideas. Last week, she tweeted, the same liberals that legalized knowingly spreading HIV are now pushing Americans to take COVID tests or show proof of vaccinations to enter restaurants. No, we're not playing your games. Now look, Lauren, I'm not a fan, obviously, and you're not the brightest bulb in the congressional chandelier, 
But no one is saying put people in jail because they knowingly go into a business because they got the COVID. And it is up to businesses. That's that good old capitalism and free market for businesses to make the decisions in the best interest of their employees and their patrons. And the whole reason we are fighting to decriminalize HIV is because studies and professionals and health professionals have shown that criminalizing HIV it increases the likelihood people won't get tested. They aren't as informed. And as we all know, undetectable means untransmittable. And it is in the best interest of all of us in defeating HIV for people to get tested, understand their health care, make professional decisions about this chronic condition. That's the reason we're getting rid of HIV criminalization. You dumb, dumb, dumb ball of hay. I just think, every time you do Colorado, I go, how did this happen? Oh, I know. You know, Colorado Springs is one of the weirdest cities in the country, right? Because it is the home of focus on the family and also the highest per capita concentration of Wiccans in the country, or it was at one point. So Colorado is kind of like Los Angeles and Dallas, you know, places where like there's a super conservative area and a super liberal area, like right beside each other and on top of each other. And Lauren is just got her legs over. Never mind. I know. And then in additional, Kid Rock, remember him? I had barely I had almost forgotten. Uh, Kid Rock uh, got caught on video at a gig at the Fish Lips Bar and Grill. You're welcome. Yelling at patrons recording him. You fucking faggots. Fuck your iPhone. Yeah, post this. Post this. You can post this dick right here, you fucking faggots with your phones. Well, to clean it up, when people got upset of his use of a slur against our community, he tweeted, if Kid Rock using the word faggot offends you, good chance you are one. Pausing to say, well, yes, typically the people that are targeted by a slur are the ones that would be bothered by your use of it. Then he said, either way, I know he has a lot of love for his gay friends and I will have a talk with him. Have a nice day, Bob Ritchie. That's his real name. If you're confused, Bob Ritchie is the real name of the artist. And I use that term loosely, known as Kid Rock. Have y'all ever seen there's those photos online? Go look it up. Kid Rock was born, his family's got a big old mansion. Like he's been a performing artist as a white trash rockabilly star or whatever for years. But he wrote a tweet from his real person about his persona in third person if you're not the queen of england i don't think you should speak about yourself in third person it's just weird lily whatever her name is lily put oh um, little lily bat lily bat not lily but that's a gulliver's travels so yeah, the lilliputians well, i was i was i tweeted him and i said you know i said uh, kid rock is being homophobic i am protesting by throwing away all his eight tracks because I got, here's what's so confusing to me about him being so upset. Yeah. He's so irrelevant. I mean, he's playing the fish lips bar and grill. And y'all saw his lips is spelt with a Z. Lips is spelled as a Z. And we don't like that. We we like things well, except for come and go. We do like come and go spell like that. But anyway, it's it's like, wouldn't you, if you're that, I mean, when people are like, record me at my shows. I'm like, bring it on, put it on social media. It helps. It helps, you know. I know. Like, posting your, you know, horrible rendition of picture without Cheryl Crow. I mean, I don't, that's only, that's I know. only like, I can think of that he did that I liked. Y'all, I'm trying to figure out how to TikTok. I'm regularly posting offensive pictures on my Instagram. I'm doing anything to get attention to the work that we do. Be like, yes, please record it. Share it with everyone you know. Right, exactly. I mean, I don't want people like recording my entire show. That happened to me one time. Someone recorded my entire stand-up show and posted oh. it on YouTube. I thought, well, that's not so cool. But you do a little clip of me. If you come to one of my shows when I get back on stage, y'all take out the take out the iPhone. Please I am do. not going to be like Kid Rock. Take out the iPhone. I will not call you anything except that's you right. know. Uh -huh. I will just I, thank you. Thank you. Don't have to sneak it. Just put it right up there. Just uh -huh. right up there. All right. Oh, is it me? Oh, it's, it's me. Serious. I got so, so sidetracked with Kid Rock. Oh, well, this is about in our home state. And I knew I know people from Lufkin, Texas. There's a, a confections, a bakery there, posted on Facebook that they had a customer send a hateful message and cancel a large order order after they posted a photo of a pride themed cookies. They, they made some pride-themed co themed cookies, 
and they put it on their Facebook page and they, they posted, my heart is heavy. Honestly, I never thought a post that literally said more love, less hate would result in this kind of backlash to a very small business that is struggling to stay afloat and spread a little cheer through baked goods. So if you love our cookies, we will have an overabundance of them tomorrow. And y'all, the next morning, two hours before they open, in Lufkin, East Texas, East Texas, the line was around the block. People brought bought everything in the shop, everything in the next day happened again they posted all this attention of our small business is very humbling makes me nervous those who know me and in parentheses dawn who is posting this know how shy i am in the 11 years we've been open we've never seen anything quite like this we my sister and co-founder uh, co-owner miranda and our fabulous baker felicia are so humbled and so grateful and so moved by this outpouring of love the last several people in our shop put money on their credit card for us to donate because there was nothing left to purchase. And then Miranda jumped in and she said, yo, Miranda, edit here, giving it all to local animal rescues. If you have an issue, I got a mouth. Much love, less hate, always. What a great story. I love this story. I loved it because when Miranda, I was like, Miranda's just you. Hey, y'all, it's Miranda. If you got a problem, I got a mouth. Yeah, I'm not shy. I'm not like my, my sister. Not like my sister. I, Dawn, I am going to say what I have to say. I know. And I also, whoever these bigots were, mind your business. They weren't making you take the pride cookies. Like you ordered something totally separate and canceled that order because you saw that they made some rainbow hearts. Like that old white cake that you were having for your girlfriend for her birthday. You said, oh, I, did, no, I don't want that white cake with chocolate. Those rainbow oh. cookies. Oh, that made me mad. Ooh, that made me mad. And it also made me smile. All these small businesses, you know, they get up and clearly they make stuff every morning and sell it till it's gone. Uh, and that the kind of business definitely is a day to day, week to week, month to month thing. And it's I love how overwhelmed they were by people just buying everything, you know, before noon each day. Y'all, next time I'm close to Lufkin, I'm driving over and I'm going to confections. And I'm going to, I don't even eat sweets, but I am going to buy me a big old brownie and whatever they have. I am going to buy it and just eat it. Oh, yes. Well, all right. Well, Pride, I love Pride Month because it inspires so many people to take the opportunity to go ahead and finally step up and come out. Two figure skaters, Canadian ice dancer Caitlin Weaver in a heartfelt Instagram post, and then former U.S. champion Jason Brown in a lovely note that he posted on Instagram and Twitter that ended with, I'm gay, and that's a story still being written. And actress Alexandra Shipp, known for her roles in Love, Simon, and A Storm in the X film series, all newly out on Instagram on Pride Month this year. I just love it. It's exciting to see uh, and welcome. And those of you who are American Idol fans, I'm not that much anymore. I switched over to The Voice, but boy, I was in the day. And when this, when David Archuleta was on, I was watching it on a weekly basis. Uh, there he is. There's cute David. And uh, he wrote an Insta, a long Instagram post saying he came out as gay in 2014 to his family. He said since he has become unsure since he had similar feelings for both genders and also that he may be asexual since he doesn't really have the urge to have sex. He said, I don't feel comfortable sharing it, but felt I needed to bring more awareness to people in my same situation and let you know you are not alone. You can be part of the LGBTQIA plus community and still believe in God and his gospel plan. I don't know what to make of it. And I don't know how, I don't have all the answers. I just invite you to please consider making room to be more understanding and compassionate to those who are LGBTQIA plus trying to find that balance with their faith, which is also a huge part of their identity. Like myself, he also said, even if you're left with so many more questions with faith and sexuality, like me, I believe being open to both questions and to faith is how we receive answers. God blesses those who ask. So let me, let, let's just keep asking and seeking and having compassion. 
and patience. Thank you for listening. So, you know, I love that. He said, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm confused about some of the things that are, are within me, but this is who I, this is, this, these are my struggles and I'm being honest right now. And it just was, it was, I, I, I loved it. It was hard for me to read that. It sounded like there was, there's still a lot of like, pain maybe under some of that you know when he talked about struggling for 14 years 20 years he's mormon and strongly a person of faith and of course the conflict for mormons is significant and ongoing um it's it felt like i hope he received the because the love was massive of course and poured in from everywhere and i hope he really received that because for me that one felt more like someone in the middle of the journey yeah. you know that he talked about maybe it's more bisexual or pansexual without using those words or asexual because he doesn't have a strong sexual impulse i don't know i read a little bit of like someone sort of tired of carrying it by himself who was like i just want to say it like right. so i hope he felt some relief and some support from that because i don't know I, I i read some pain still oh i think I mean, he can release i don't know I mean, so you and i grew up in the church emerson i don't think you ever get over some of that pain I mean, we can celebrate, we can be proud, and, but but still you scratch a little deeper and you can you can channel some of that pain still. And I think he still, you know, as, as someone told me that was, saw Southern Baptist Sissies, he said, your play may be great for those who have gone through the fire, but if you're going through the fire, it's yeah. really, really difficult. And I think he's still going through the fire. I think you're right. Yeah, so I hope, I hope he's receiving the amount of love it was almost like he was trying to quell the like religious response mm -hmm. at the same time as he shared the news and we all know and are so familiar with how hard that part of the journey is. i mean the mormons are just like, like the baptists but it did remind me that he gave one of the most beautiful performances that i can remember ever on american idol when he sang smoky mountain map smoky smoky mountain memories by dolly Parton. and so it made uh -huh. my friend patrick and i when I was in Texas, when he came out, we went and Googled it and we listened to David sing that. Yeah. The, and, the, and, and the messages were very sweet. David Cook and lots of Idol alums and people, you know, were at the top of the messages. So I hope that he receives more of that uh, yeah. than anything, than any of the rest. Because as we all know, coming out's the beginning of a different journey, not the end of one. Um, and it doesn't, it's not immediately easy uh, for many people. So, and as our good friend Erica said right here, there's not enough education about asexual. You know, that's it's a very different, specific uh, sexuality that doesn't get as much attention because it's no, specifically or, about hardly the lack of interests or uh, interest in uh, sexually engaging. And of course, there's a scale of that. So I hope he finds his peace in his place. Wishing him well. Absolutely. Uh, and up next, just a, a, a story. I believe we did the original version of this story last fall but y'all with 120 episodes we've done this year i don't remember so the cliff notes last fall 15 year old michael gomez had a video go viral about wearing a skirt to school in spain he got in trouble at school and with his parents they sent him to the counselor who asked if he was trans and when he said no they said he couldn't wear the skirt so reinforcing terrible gender standards and a week later there was a big nationwide uh, protest, other boys wearing skirts to school, and other protests for gender equality have happened. There's a school that does one on the fourth of every month under the hashtag in Spanish, clothes don't have gender. Well, last month it picked up steam again when a bunch of teachers joined in. You can see them here. Manuel Ortega is an elementary school teacher. He wore a skirt for the whole month of May after seeing a kid bullied about what he was wearing. Uh, his colleague, Borja Velasquez, joined wanting to show kids they don't have to follow gender roles and that words hurt. Matthew, math teacher Jose Pinas tweeted, 20 years ago, I faced discrimination and insults because of my sexual orientation in school, and now I'm a teacher. Back then, many teachers looked the other way. So these teachers stood up and said, clothes don't have a gender, wear what you want. You know, looking at their sort of stereotypically masculine presentation of the men themselves, a nice reinforcement of like wear what makes you happy and don't have a commentary on other people's clothes it's none of your business i found uh, a picture of those guys so hot i can't stand it yeah i mean yes well and of course obviously you've seen and talked about it when stereotypically masculine men wear feminine clothes or fingernail polish or skirts or dresses they don't get mocked in the same way that femme you know gay men or men of color or black men 
uh, get don't get celebrated in the same way. But the point is, we want everyone to be able to present themselves however they want, and it have nothing to do with the gender they identify with. I just loved it. And teachers, that's such a huge impact. I can't even fathom what that would have meant to me in school. Y'all, in my rainbow crop top, I had a rainbow belt growing up that clasped with a magnet. And I remember being at daycare and I would pull my t-shirt down long and put the belt around it. So like I was the dress and I would play the woman playing house on the playground, making my own dress. I had those genders, but this was before it was gay or anything. It was just more like Bay City Rollers. Yeah. Um, well, in that age, I think, you know, that many of us go through playing with what gender means or the roles, or we play, you know, parents and clothing and sexuality, you know, all of the pieces of that. If we made all exploration more okay, more people would reach their identity and orientation comfortable, how they are and how they identify earlier and more easily. If it was all just equal, whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Well, in our final story, I know y'all been waiting for this because I have playwright Joe Clifford wrote a one woman show in 2009 called The Gospel According to Jesus, Queen of Heaven, that reimagines Jesus as a present day trans woman. Uh, she's performing uh, pieces of it at a virtual pride event with a major teachers union in Scotland and the Christian Institute in the UK. Oh, they're pissed. They're so pissed. Uh, the group's education officer said this. Emerson, uh, can you do a good Scottish accent? Uh-uh. No, I just end up sounding like Shrek. Uh, this play, oh, I can't do it, puts words into the, his mouth that he never said misrepresented him that's deeply distressing and offensive for many Christians who value him and his teaching above all. Is that kind of kind of the end of the... Sure, we will go with that. <laughs> it was like, they were also transphobic in, uh, refer, they were also transphobic in referring to Clifford in response to protests over the years. Clifford said, as a practicing Christian myself, I have no interest in attacking the church or mocking the church or making fun of the church or in any uh, way being blasphemous or offensive. I simply want to assert very strongly, as strongly as I can, that Jesus of the Gospels would not in any way wish to attack or denigrate people like myself. Um, I just thought that was so interesting and that that, that uh, I'm not sure how they identify uh, but she's just a woman, just a woman. Okay. So Joe yeah. Clifford says, I'm a Christian, but I wrote this play. What if Jesus were trans were subjunctive tense? My Lorraine Shores mama would, uh, that's subjunctive tense were, cause he is not. Uh, but I love that they said they, they put words into his mouth. And listen, if you really break down the Bible, if you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, there are different words that are said by Jesus. They're all different words. Each one of these gospels put different words in his mouth. So the gospel, according to Clifford, uh, put some other different words in his I mouth. love her. And or I love her, that also her she's a person of faith saying, now look. Jesus wouldn't need being the big old bigot that the rest of you are. He hung out with the whores and the poor people and had a good old time, wandered around in the desert. I mean, let's be honest. When you look at the miracles and one of the most important ones is he went to a party, got bored and made wine. Jesus was a lot more fun than the bigots who like to speak in his name. Did, when, when you were a kid, did they say that, that G, when Jesus made wine, the, the Baptists always somehow felt that was just grape juice. I was like, no, we, didn't really talk, we didn't really talk about it. It didn't get addressed in ours that much. Well, she our Lord's Supper was Welch's grape juice. I do remember that. Also, let's be honest. If Matthew, Mark, Luke, and that John boy had realized that their anecdotes about these parties and events that they were at were going to be argued about thousands of years later, they might have been a little more careful and specific about how they paraphrased and wrote down what happened. Can you imagine? We're at some party. And a little later, I'm gonna be like, oh, remember? Oh, yeah, Dale told that story. And then this happened. And then I don't know what happened next. I was over by the queso. And 2000 years later, people are quoting my version of the events of that party. And they say, well, when Dale told it at that one party, this uh -huh. is the way it went. Then he told it at another party. <laughs> and, uh -huh. and then he added characters to it in that th the third time he told it. I know. And then poor Mary Magdalene told her version of the party. And a thousand years later, they were like, no, -uh, we don't want that one. Why is Mary's version not as interesting? Just saying. Oh. Take it all with a grain of salt. Lot's wife. Lots I want to give you a salt shaker that just says Lot's wife on it. 
<laughs> you think somebody has those on Etsy? <laughs> like <laughs> Lot's wife and Pepper? She turned to, to stone or to salt? <laughs> no, she turned into a pillar of salt. She looked back at the city. She wasn't allowed. They said, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. She couldn't help it. There she went. Poof. Uh, I'm telling you, I can relate to Lot's wife. I would have not been able to look back. I'd be. Well, yeah. Well, we're homosexuals. You know, cruising taught us all the look back is incredibly important. <laughs> so, I love that that Sky Dabney says, LOL, that John boy. That was funny, Emerson. Um, oh, all right, y'all. Well, once again, if you enjoy what we do here, thank you, first of all, for showing up. We do it live because having you all comment along is wonderful. For those of you listening back later on iTunes or Spotify to the podcast, thank you very much. If you want to tip to support us, it's Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com, all one word. Thank you, Ray Jarvis, who also tipped. I loved being back. I did too. Thank you all for listening. It's just a talk and jaw and cut up and tell these stories. Some really inspiring ones today. That's and right. Well, now we warned you it was going to be spotty through the summer. I'm out of town seeing my family on Friday. So we'll be back next Tuesday live once again. So listen to this. Tell your friends. Write us a review on iTunes. We appreciate y'all. So I, yeah, I, I'm just going to be, you know, dancing on the roof here at the at the hotel yes go to that pool party all right bye y'all bye